now is the time to get up to speed as fast as freaking possible. If you're going to buy businesses, go learn that. If you're going to do single family, you're in the right place for that. Don't wait. Get up to speed right now because if you're trying to learn it in the thick of it, it's going to be too late. You've got to build relationships. You've got to know how to underwrite deals. You've got to you know, stub your toe a few times and get up to speed. You could literally create legacy wealth for yourself, your kids, their kids, their kids, and their kids. All right, I've got Rod Khalif with me. This guy has got 4,000 doors, half a billion, that's right, with a B, half a billion dollars um, under management with uh, his apartment complexes. This guy is teaching students all over the country how to buy that. What's up, man? Happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm really impressed with this incredible operation you've got going here, brother. Super. I had no idea all the different fi- things you have your fingers in. It's really impressive. I know, dude. I got to... <laughs> I got to tone it down. We're actually, <laughs> one of our goals in 2023 is to buy businesses. Like everything I've started, like has been from scratch. Yeah. So it's kind of easier to take something that's already there. Everything's going on sale, man. Everything's going on sale. I, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, it'll just be a blip. I think it's going to be a big deal. And uh, there'll be deals in real estate. There'll be deals on businesses. There'll be deals in the stock market. I mean, everything's going on sale. So. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. And so- yeah, I want to talk with you. I mean, you, you've been doing multifamily a long time. Um, single family as well. Single family. Mm-hmm. And I know part of your story is that you lost it all. Mm-hmm. How, like, so tell me about that. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me, let me take you back. So, so I'm an immigrant. Uh, I was born in the Netherlands, you know, wooden shoes and windmills and uh, immigrated when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. Um, we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and uh, we didn't have much when we got here. Uh, this was 1966. And I remember you know, eating expired food. We shopped at an expired food store. True story. Uh, drank powdered milk with our cereal in the morning because it was cheaper than real milk. And trust me, it sounds better than it is. <laughs> and I remember wearing clothes, hand-me-down clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school until I finally got disgusted and lied about my age when I was 14 at Burger King so I could flip burgers and buy my own clothes and then buy a car when I was 15. Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, you may have people watching the show that had it harder than I did, or maybe even had have it harder now. A lot of layoffs happening right now. But, you know, back then I knew I wanted more. And luckily my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids. We always had a house full of kids. And with her babysitting money, no formal education, she wasn't, she was an entrepreneur. So she invested in the stock market successfully in IPOs. She um, invested in real estate. And her first real estate acquisition was a house right across the street from us. When I was about 14, she bought uh, for about 30 grand from a family named the Jewels. I remember we played with their kids. Uh, and then when I was 17, so she paid 30 when I was 14. When I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep that had gone up in value 20 grand. And I'm like, what? You made 20 grand and you didn't do anything? Screw college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. So I went and got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18, which you could do back then with education. Now they got smart and you need some experience before you can be a broker and have your own office. But I was a broker and I was still living at home and I was smart enough to go work for another broker, obviously, but I was still living at home. And my first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. Okay. My second year, maybe 10 grand. But my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in 1980 was some pretty decent change. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10X my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy, I was dating his daughter and he taught, took me under his wing and taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology and how really 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that mindset and psychology, only 10 to 20% is the real estate stuff we talk about on our podcast. And, you know, fast forward to today, I've owned 2000 houses that I've rented long-term. Um, I, I, I own thousands of apartment units now, like you said. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. 
Mm. And you might say, wow. I said, wow. And I got a head so big, I could barely fit it through <laughs> a door. I thought I was a freaking real estate god. And you know when that happens, God of the universe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. I lost that $17 million a lot more. I lost $50 million in 2008. And so what I'm known for talking about on my podcast, if you, you know, and social media is really the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but maybe as importantly, maybe more important is the mindset it took to recover from losing that to the success that I'm blessed to have today. So, you know, enjoy drilling down on some of that with you if you like. I think yeah. It, I yeah. Think so, value. you know, you lose it all mm -hmm. and like many other people as well, mm -hmm. I've had many people sit in that seat right who have no. lost a lot of money only to you know learn from it mm -hmm. and do way better right so what was the first step like what made you lose it what, yeah. what was the issue well what made me lose it we can we'll start there and then i'll talk then let's talk about how i recovered because that's a lot more interesting but uh i lost it because i had about 800 houses okay and along the gulf coast of florida so florida has no state income tax so property taxes are higher which impact cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had properties in wind and flood zones, higher insurance. In fact, we just got hit by Ian <laughs> and I had a uh, $758,000 claim on my compound in Florida, but <laughs> I, I digress. But anyway, so insurance is higher, impacts cash flow. But what killed me is my 800 house, and I had several apartment complexes as well, but the 800 houses were two hours north of me, two hours south of me and everywhere in between. So here's what killed me. If I had a maintenance issue at one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. So you stockpile parts, plumbing parts, HVAC parts, appliance parts, you know, and you stockpile and I could send a maintenance guy in there to fix something. He's in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send him to one of my 800 C-class houses, now these were C-class. So with, you know, there's A, B, C, and D-class. D's the hood. A is brand new. Well, these C-class houses, it's a tougher demographic. They're mm -hmm. older. So you have a lot more maintenance. Yeah. So I had a lot of maintenance. And so if I had to send one to one of my houses, it's an hour, hour and a half one way. They've got to go see what's wrong because every house is different. Then they've got to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we have an account. And I don't know about you, but when Rod's happy ass tries to fix something, he ends up going to Home Depot more than once. <laughs> and so, you know, what took an hour at one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. So that really killed my cash flow. Right. But then the coup de gras, as it were, was I didn't pay attention to tenant demographics back then. So, you know, um, if they had a good job, they had decent credit, they paid the deposit, I let them rent. Well, what I discovered after the fact was a lot of my tenants were contractors, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers, which fell off a freaking cliff in 2009. There was no work. Yeah. And so, you know, and then what's crazy and people are like, well, you know, I get haters online, like I'm sure you do. And, and, and they're like, oh, you were over leveraged. And I'm like, no, I was at a 30% loan to value. True story. Wow. Yeah. And I still crashed and burned. And, um, you know, I want to hear what's crazy is by the end of 2009, my portfolio was actually upside down. It dropped more than 70%. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I'm done. But, um, so, so what happened there? Did you just give them back or? Yeah, what? I ended up giving them. I had a lot of foreclosures. Yeah. Got my credit got destroyed. Um, right. I should have bankrupted. I didn't, but I should have probably. But um, yeah, no, it was ugly, man. I thought I was set for life. I thought 80 million baby boomers getting old and getting cold. I thought I, Florida. I, I honestly couldn't imagine like owning that many houses mm -hmm. with that kind of LTV. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we know what the market did. It did mm -hmm. turn bad. Oh. Real bad. To, to just I couldn't refinance. I couldn't sell. I tried to sell the whole package at cost. Couldn't get any takers. Wow. Yeah. Because I, you know, I didn't want to go into foreclosure. My credit, I still got a black card. I mean, I, I, I had perfect credit and all that. But, um, but yeah, so I get asked, how did you recover? 
So let's pretend you asked me that. Yeah. Yeah. How did you do it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and it's the same way. And if you're listening, it's the same way you're going to get there. And that is, first of all, I reassociated with my goals. I reassociated with what I wanted and why I wanted it. So, you know, if you come to one of my boot camps, the first hour, hour and a half is goal setting on steroids. Because how the hell do you get anything if you don't know what it is, right? You got to know what it is you want. You got to know why you want it. Right. And so um, you've got to create what Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, calls a burning desire. Right. And so you've got to, and why? Because you've got to push through that fear. You got to push through any limiting beliefs that you may have. You know, you got to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We all know the comfort zone's a nice warm place and nothing freaking grows there. Right. So you, <laughs> right. So you got to do your goals. And so, um, and, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's what's sad is people spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do designing their lives, you know, and, and, and doing your goals is designing your life. And before we cut loose, I'll give you guys a resource. Those of you listening or watching uh, a resource week, I do this goal setting workshop and I do it for free. I do it every year on New Year's Day and I've got a guide you can download and I'll tell you how to get there uh, so you can watch it. But, um, but do it, you know, uh, again, you, you're never going to get anything unless you get a clear map of what it is you want. So it starts there. Then the, the next step is you really have to make a decision. And, and I don't mean like a one dip a toe in the water or one foot in, one foot out kind of decision. I mean, you make a decision, it's freaking done, that you're going to go for it. And, you know, the, the Latin root for the word decision means to cut off. A great analogy for a real decision is if you're going to attack the island, you burn your ships on the beach because you're taking their damn ships home. You know, <laughs> that's a freaking decision. Right. And, and that's what I mean by this. And then once you've made that decision, you're committed. And when you're committed, you're like a train on a track. Now, if you're just interested, you're going to get knocked off track. So you, you've got to, you've got to make that decision and get committed. Um, and then with that commitment comes incredible energy and you're able to push through, you know, the inevitable obstacles that you're going to have. And so, so again, decision commitment, and then you've got to take the first step. You know, that's the bottom line. And sometimes that first step can be the biggest step of your life. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King said, you take that first step in faith and the next step will be revealed. You don't have to see the whole staircase, but you got to take that step. And it's very often the scariest one, you know, mm -hmm. to take action on your dreams. I mean, you know this, you deal with lots of students that are, you know, like sitting on the sidelines, they know they want it, but, yeah. but it starts with knowing what you want to push through the fear, then um, making that decision that you, that enough is enough. You're going to do it no matter what. And then you've got to take that first step. And, um, you know, and a lot, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of analytical students and, you know, they've got to check off every single box and you know who you are. If you're listening, you check off every single box before you make a decision. And the only thing I would tell you, I'll give you a great analogy. And that is you can drive all the way across the United States at night with your headlights only seeing 50 feet in front of you. And you know you'll make it. Now, you may have obstacles, but you know other people have done it before. And it's the same way with your goals and your dreams. But you got to take, take that first step. And I see it with, I'm sure you see it as well with your students, is uh, in real estate, it's like the law of the first deal. Right. It's the scariest. It mm -hmm. takes the longest. It's the most stressful. A lot of students are like, shit, it's been six months. It's been eight months. I haven't got a deal. And then they get one. Next thing I know, they have five. You <laughs> right. know, It's like they get past that first one. Um, so that's the, that's the next piece is to take that first step. And then, you know, I would tell you to focus on your strengths. And I don't know if you teach this as well, but in, in my business, the multifamily real estate space, it's pretty much a team sport. I know flipping and, and wholesaling can be individual. You can do it by yourself, but multifamily right. syndication and stuff, it's a team sport. And, you know, when you're playing to your strengths, 
And there are a lot of hats you can wear in my business. So, so you can be the one that finds the deals. You can be the one that analyzes the deals. You can be the one that, um, you know, builds the relationships with brokers or with sellers and, and, and puts the deals together. You could do investor relations and raise money. So lots of different hats you can wear. And your strengths are your greatest assets. Don't try to build your weaknesses. I tell people, build your strengths and hire a line or partner for your weaknesses. Some of the best partnerships I see in my space, in the multifamily real estate space, or an analytical person with an outgoing person. Yeah. I see it all the time. And they're fantastic partnerships. And so, you know, and and when you when and here's the important thing. When you're playing to your strengths, first of all, you love it. Okay. Cause it, it, you're if you if you're strong at it, you love it. And if you love it, you never work another day in your life. You're you're enjoying yourself, you know, and so you're in the zone. And if you love it and you're playing to your strengths, you're going to be passionate about it. And to influence people, you have to be passionate. I know I, I'm sure you tell your sales team that. I mean, you've got to have that passion. You got to bring that passion to the to the to the party. And and if you love what you do, it's effortless. Yeah. So no, a thousand percent. I yeah. think that, you know, reminds me of a exercise that um, I learned in the book, Good to Great, you know, and they Good call book. it the hedgehog concept. And essentially it's these three circles of um, things that you want to go through if you're going to try and find something that you're going to be good at and just really love doing. And so the three circles are passion, mm-hmm. you know, talent, aka can you be world-class at mm-hmm. it? And then can this make you money? Right. And so for you, I mean, I can just hear from the passion, mm-hmm. you know, you love multifamily real yeah. estate, right? Like I love real estate period, but yeah. multifamily is the one I took. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're passionate about it. It definitely can make a lot of money and you're good at it. And so therefore having all three makes you able to fly to Las Vegas and come on a podcast and talk about That's it. That's it. Just, right? for just, yeah. And of course, spend way too much money spoiling my bride yeah. last night. But uh, yeah, no, I'm glad I came because I hadn't had a chance to go shopping for her and I was able to take care of that last night. But uh, yeah, no, it gives you that freedom. It gives you that time freedom. And uh, so it's a beautiful thing. But uh, yeah, that passion is critical. And that's why, again, don't, don't focus on your weaknesses. Just build your strengths Even in any business, frankly. It doesn't matter if it's multifamily real estate. Um, and then- the next thing I would tell you is let's talk about fear and limiting beliefs for a minute. You know, when I immigrated this country, I was six years old. Like I said, didn't speak English and my mom threw me into school. Mm-hmm. And so I found out what bullies were for the first time. So I got my ass kicked regularly. You know, <laughs> I, didn't know I didn't know how to fight back yet. And uh, then my mom, proud Dutch woman that she was, thought it'd be a great idea to send me to school in wooden shoes and those leather shorts the Germans wear for Oktoberfest. So the next day I got my ass kicked again. And then, you know, I, we had bullies on our street. and. Uh, and she would chase them off with a fly swatter. So the next day, butt kicking. And so, you know, I came up with this belief system that I wasn't good enough. You know, I used to ask myself, how can I show them I'm good enough? Which was a double-edged sword because obviously it, it pushed me to success. But it also presupposed that I wasn't good enough. And a lot of people have these limiting belief systems. And, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not analytical enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. And here's the thing. If you know you've got one of those, even if it's just kind of lurking out there a little bit, I want you to remember one thing. And that is the acronym for belief systems is BS. And 99.9% of them are BS. But, you know, we have some emotional thing happen in our childhood and we believe they're real. And so if you have one of those, what I would tell you is drag it out in the daylight with your adult rational mind and look at it and recognize that it's BS. And it'll take a few times, but it'll diminish just like mine did. And that's how you push through it. And But again, that's why you need to really get clear on your goals, you know, what you want and why you want them. And, uh, and, uh, so, so that's how you push through those fear and limiting beliefs. And maybe you've got a fear of failure as well. And I'm going to tell you, 
fear regret much worse than failure. You know, there was this uh, nurse in Australia. Her name was Bronnie Ware, and she was a hospice nurse. So she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question, Ryan. And the question was, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what mm. the number one regret was? Not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of anything worse than that. You know, so don't fear failure, fear that. You know, in fact, I got to meet the um, billionaire owner of Spanx, the woman's undergarments holds yep, it yep. all together, Sarah Blakely, beautiful human being. But uh, she told me at a mastermind we were both at that her dad used to, you know, she started with 5,000 and she was in Forbes about six months ago. She sold a big piece of it and she's worth well over a billion now. But anyway, um, she told me her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week, what have you failed at this week? Mm. And I thought, what a freaking awesome question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure. Mm. You know, I call them seminars, by the way, when you have something go, that was a $50 million seminar. And, um, you know, I've, I've built 27 businesses so far in my life. I was amazed when I counted them. That's why <laughs> we were commenting on your businesses yeah. here. And, and, uh, and um, several were tens of millions of dollars, most spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we fail our way to success, right? right? When something doesn't work, you know, as an entrepreneur, and if you're, listen, by the way, if you're watching this show or listening to this show, you're a freaking leader. There's no question. That's what you attract as leaders. And as a leader, um, you know, and, and an entrepreneur, recognize that you only die when you stop swimming like a shark, mm. okay? You got to keep moving forward. Right. And that brings me to the next piece, which is focus. Um. The most successful people on the planet have the highest degree of honed focus, the best focus, the most successful people on the planet do. And, um, you know, with focus comes clarity and focus is power. And, um, you know, I'll give you some examples of this, but uh, I, I'll give you a great example. So, you know, I was telling you my podcast is over 15 million downloads and, and there's two podcasts that I listen to. I listen to Tim Ferriss and I mm -hmm. listen to Joe Rogan. So I get both sides of the aisle. Okay. And Tim Ferriss, um, and I, I mentioned that cause he gets probably 15 million a week, you know, <laughs> cause he's a huge podcaster, but I, uh, he interviews the best of the best in the world at what they do. The best, you know, uh, uh, athletes, uh, Michael Phelps, NBA, NFL players, uh, best actors, you know, Hugh Jackman, Ed Norton, Arnold, Jamie Foxx, uh, you know, billionaires like Ray Dalio, CEOs of the biggest companies in the world, Zuckerberg, so on and so forth. And he deconstructs their success. And I started to hear a pattern, Ryan. They, they almost all meditate. Hmm. What does meditation enhance? Right? Focus. So focus is super critical. And as a leader, those of you listening, watching, you got to manage your focus, especially right now with all the crap on the news and politics and all that crap. You got to stand guard at the door to your mind and really keep out the crap and bring in the good stuff, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, because as a leader, you know, people are watching you and, and if you get sucked in, wherever you focus on is going to get larger, both mm. positive or negative, you know? Uh, and, and so if you're watching the negative stuff, that's going to get bigger. And, you know, they, they, for an example of this is, you know, I, uh, I get people that call me and say, how do I get out of student loan debt? And I'm like, wrong freaking question. How do you make so much money that the debt's irrelevant, right? If you haven't heard by now, you're probably living under a rock, but the Wealthy Way book has now been released. In fact, it's been the number one bestseller in small business and entrepreneurship on Amazon. And you can get it right now for just 99 cents on Kindle. We also got the paperback. We've got the Audible version. So however you like to learn, go get the book. But we're gonna make it even sweeter for you. If you pick up the book and leave a review on Amazon, I'm going to give you my brand new course called the Business Builder Academy. 
This is literally not even for sale. There's only one way to get it. It's by getting the book for as little as 99 cents and leaving a review. If you do those two things, you're gonna get this course that tells you everything you need to know for how I've built multiple seven-figure companies from sales, marketing, operations, hiring, firing, core values, branding, logos, products, everything you need to know about starting a business, I'm gonna teach you it in that course. And the book is amazing as well. So if you wanna get access to all of that for just 99 cents, go to wealthywaybook.com. If you go to that website, it'll send you the link to go pick up the book. It'll send you the uh, form to go fill out to get the course. And all you gotta do is go to wealthywaybook.com. So go check it out and let's get back to the podcast. So many people lack focus in what they're doing. I mean, some people, (laughs) they want to just go to the next shiny object. They Mm want to try and do a bunch of things all at once, even Mm -hmm. though they haven't really mastered any of them. Right. Um, You see a lot of people focusing on the wrong things, right? They might be saying, oh, we're in a recession. I can't, you know. We should talk about that. Yeah, Yeah, I can't can't buy real estate. It's not the right time. I Mm -hmm. can't start a business. I can't, you know, whatever. It's like, well, you're probably going to lose your job. So you're going to have to start something soon here very quickly. Greatest opportunity of a lifetime could be upon us, Ryan. I mean, you know, people s- smarter than me, a lot smarter. I mean, uh, Elon Musk says they're lying to you. The crash is going to be much bigger than they say. That's a direct quote. Um, uh, uh, Trump, love him or hate him, said it could be as bad as the Great Depression. Um, Jamie Jamie Dimon, head of uh, um, Chase. Uh, Chase, thank you, um, said that uh, that it's it's going to be a severe recession is his quote. So, I mean, even if they're all wrong and it's only a mild contraction, the contractions are when the greatest wealth is made. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's the greatest opportunity to create wealth. Buying businesses like you're talking about doing real estate, for sure. Everything's going on sale. So there's going to be incredible opportunity to capitalize on that. You know, if I hadn't been hiding under a rock in 2008 and nine. I'd be on the back of a 300-foot yacht right now. So, <laughs> it's a true story. So Yeah, so, I mean, look, you talked a lot about mindset yeah. and just things people can do. And obviously, we're talking about a recession and everything. Yeah. But I know that it takes having a, a great mindset to get out of a problem. But, like, how did you go, f- like, lose it all to now where you're at today, like... How did it just uh, these, over time? I did, I, just, did all, I did all these things. I just I just outlined, man. Yeah. I mean, I got clear on what it just, I wanted. I it made just a decision happened daily. And just I doing and those every, every day, day. Every day I would, and and I'll probably lose some of you on this, but every day I've, I have vision boards in my house and and uh, you know next to my chair. And you know, by the way, let me let me mention this. Let me mention something else. You know how I manifested some things. So. You know, when I was 18 and I was a broker, I bought a four-door car. I figured I needed a four-door car to show houses, right? The bone-ugly piece of crap four-door Ford Granada. And if you work for Ford, you know it was a piece of crap too anyway. But I had – so I had this Ford Granada. But I, my, the guy I worked for, Gino, the guy's daughter I was dating, let me drive his, one of his two Corvettes. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine. This is before the internet. And I put that on a visor of my piece of crap Granada. And so every time I'm sitting in there, it's right in front of me. And within a year, I had a beautiful Corvette. Then this is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a, a uh, what's the actor's name? Tom Selleck. It was a detective movie. But he drove a Ferrari 308. It's the first time I'd seen an exotic car. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's incredible. And uh, so I got a picture of that actual car, put it on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. <laughs> um, last example. And by the way, 
please know I'm not bragging here. This is, I'm, I'm hoping to inspire you listening or watching to what's possible and how you manifest. You can do it through prayer, but I did it just by visualizing it. But, uh, I always wanted a Lamborghini. So I had, you know, I, I had posters in my room of Lamborghinis and, and, uh, I, so I got, I did, got a picture of Lamborghini, put it on the Maserati within a year or two, I had a beautiful black Lamborghini that I wrecked. But, uh, but anyway, so in fact, I'll show you something. I brought my planner. This is my daily planner. Yeah, I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, a paper planner. Stuff. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a paper planner. Up, so that's pretty old school. Yeah, I know, man. I, I thought know. you had some. I, I get I get a lot of shit for this. I get a lot of shit for this planner. <laughs> but in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years now. So yeah. the first pictures are my gratitude pictures. Mm. My kids are 30 and 27. These are pictures and you see how beat up this young. is. The, yeah. These pictures have been in here for 20 years. Is okay? that the same case too? Yep. Yep. Same plan. No, this was, it was a daytimer and then Franklin Covey bought daytimer and this is a Franklin Covey planner. Thank God the line, the, the holes matched up. There you go. Okay. So anyway, pictures, gratitude. Now, everything you get in life, you get through gratitude. It's the most powerful emotion we have to, available to us. Okay. So gratitude pictures. And I've got a gratitude vision board. Uh, as well. Then I've got pictures of things that I wanted. Now, this top picture, um, I lived in Denver, but I always knew that I wanted to live on the beach. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's no beach in Denver. So I would visualize the palm trees and the surf and the sand. And 20 years later, I built this incredible 10,000 square foot uh, I'm sorry, 8,000, no, 10,000 square foot, $8 million mansion on the beach, on the beach on one side. And I had my boats on the backside. It was a Gulf to Bay. Now I, but, but what's crazy is this is what it looked like. I had 10 foot high glass like that. I had travertine floors before I ever built it. Yeah. I, now I lost that in all the craziness. Mm. And now I live in a uh, compound. Uh, I've got six buildings. I've got a big main house, a beautiful two bedroom guest house on the water. I've got an exercise facility that's off the chain. I've got a media building with a video studio about the same size as this. And, and, and I mean, just spectacular place. And because God's got a sense of humor, I can see my old house across the bay. It's literally right yeah. across the bay, true story, but it looks just like this bottom picture, you know, and then I've got pictures of other things that I wanted, you know, stupid shit like watches. That's still a vice. I, the most <laughs> of this stuff doesn't interest me anymore, but I've got, you know, gosh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of watches. There's a Lamborghini before I ever got it. Now mine was mm. black, you know, Rolls Royce, Bentley, all this stuff that I got because I had pictures. Okay. Mm. And so, so what I want to tell you is what I'll do every morning is I'll sit in my recliner and uh, it's in my office and I've got my vision boards next to me and I'll just do gratitude. I'll be grateful for my supermodel, beautiful wife, more beautiful on the inside than the outside. I'll be grateful for my kids, you know, my coaching students, my foundation, but then I'll be grateful for the things that I want as if I already have them. Mm. And I'll tell you, sometimes I'll get emotional being grateful for things I don't even have yet. And I know I lost some of you on that, but so how I had 50 million to lose and how I got it back, you know, so ignore it at your peril is what I tell you. Now you could call it prayer if you want, but this is how I did it. Yeah. No, that's amazing, man. Yeah, so, thanks. you know, you probably don't know this, but one of the reasons why I created this podcast called The Wealthy Ways, because um, very similar in that I've been doing a morning routine for five plus years now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with that, I pray, you mm -hmm. know, I read my Bible, mm. I journal, I write things I'm grateful for. Um, very sorry about things. the profanity, buddy. I didn't know you were that religious. Forgive me. <laughs> sorry. Oh, man. you're good. You're okay, good. Okay. Sorry. So, you know, for me, one thing that I did was, um, I ended up creating a software, you know, because I really? couldn't give everyone a 20-year-old planner. So <laughs> I made it digital. Um, Good for you. So, you know, people can get it for free. It's at wealthyway.com. 
But you actually just gave me a really good idea because it, it has a lot of the things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but a vision board is one thing that um, I did maybe when I was like 21 years old and I yeah. never did it again. Hmm. But I do believe in the power of it. You know, oh, yeah. if you look at the stuff that you're trying to achieve all the time, you are going to, you know, eventually either get it out of your face because you're tired of looking at it or you're going to Well, you'll have it. it. You'll have it. I have have everything in this freaking book except there's a picture of a six-pack in the back. I don't have the six-pack. It's under there somewhere, but I I get that. (laughs) But I'm sorry, you didn't finish your Well, yeah. Yeah. So basically what you um, just inspired me to do is maybe add a a vision board aspect to the planner and um, have a spot for people to, you know, upload pictures of things that they want and I think that that's actually a very good idea. No, I agree with you. And and I would tell you, you know, I used to have a vision board that had everything cluttered together. And now I've got individual vision boards for each thing that I want. And of course, my goals, your goals change. And that's why you need to do your goals at least a couple times a year. Like I said, if you want to do my goal setting workshop, um, by the way, can I mention my yeah, boot yeah, camp? Go for okay. It. Yeah. So my goal setting workshop is at rodslinks.com. R-O-D-S-L-I-K-L-I-N-K. <laughs> in my throat, rodslinks.com. And at the bottom of that is a goal setting workshop. And what's also there, if you have an interest in multifamily, at the top is my bootcamp website. And I did a really special deal if you're a peep of Ryan's here, because uh, I did a Black Friday special on this. It's a two day virtual bootcamp. I don't sell anything there. So it's 16 to 18 hours of training with nothing being sold. It's drinking through a freaking fire hose. So I'm going to tell you about this business. But um, I did a Black Friday special and I, I did a special thing just for if if you use the code Ryan, you can come for 47 freaking dollars for two mm-hmm. days of training. It also includes some awesome bonuses. And again, nothing being sold. So remember the code Ryan when you check out at that bootcamp site. Now if you're driving your car and that's Rod's link. Rodslinks.com. Rod's now if you if you're driving, text the word links to 72345 and we'll send you the that 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 domain. Um, but again, text links to seven, two, three, four, five. And remember the code Ryan, if you want to come to my boot camp. it's January 21st and 22nd. It's every aspect of the multifamily business, finding deals, evaluating deals, syndicating deals, financing the deals, raising all the money you need for the deals, property management, hiring property management. And I spend a lot of time on mindset. You know, my students own upwards of 130,000 units. Um, and I've only been teaching five years. I'm super proud of that. And so again, Rod's links and remember the code Ryan is 47 freaking dollars. So there's no excuses. If you want to learn this business, mm-hmm. there's no excuses. Uh, I cut out all the excuses, but uh, anyway, but even if you don't, if you don't want to come at the bottom of Rod's links is the goal setting workshop with a guide you can download. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. You know, if you've got a spouse, have your spouse do the goal setting. If you've got kids that are over 10 years old, have them do it, you know, have them design their lives, you know, focus on designing their lives because that really starts the process getting clear on what what a person wants and it's a lot of fun it's really professionally done um so yeah no i love it man i love it so let's talk a little bit about multifamily sure and just kind of like what you've seen in your career so i'll give you some some background for me Uh, we were talking a little earlier Mm -hmm. you know we've bought over 500 units in the last um, that's awesome we started in 2021 and you know it's good right now we've been targeting basically like c to b right um Perfect. Just value add. Perfect. Trying to win that way. But, you know, the more I hang around big investors, the mm-hmm. more I realize all these guys just want A. 
So it, listen, C to B is okay as long as you can actually convert it to B. Right. You if you stay, and I, what he's talking about is there's four classes of properties, A, B, C, and D, like we talked about earlier. A is pretty much the brand new stuff, highest amenities. D is the scary stuff, the hood. And I've had D and I'm going to tell you avoid D. I mean, <laughs> I've had people killed in my units, behind my units. I bought a whole block once and they, they put concrete barriers at the end of the street just to slow down the drug traffic, not stop it, just to slow it down. I mean, right. I've had holes cut in my doors. You don't want D, trust me on that. But, um, but the thing I would say about C, especially in the environment we're going into is that's the demographics that are getting their butt handed to them right now. They can't afford the gas and the, and the inflation that's happening with food and everything. So if you can convert it to B, no problem, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into C and it with, if it's going to stay a C that, that to me would be dangerous in this economic environment. Okay. So anyway. And then what are your thoughts on B? Love B, love B assets, you know? And I think, you know, I, I love, you know, obviously the best is a B. You can convert to an A, you know. So what he's talking now, you also have four classes of areas. You've got A area, B area, C area, and D area. If you've got a uh, an A asset in a D area, you, there's nothing you can do. Now, ideally, um, you want to find a, a B asset, I'm sorry, a C asset in a B area that you can upgrade and bring up to a B level or, right. a, or a, you know, B asset in an A area that you can upgrade. That's the ideal. And that's what I focus on. So you're you're going after a areas, right? I'm going now. after A and B areas and B and C assets. Got it. That I can convert. Yeah. You and by the way, in my business, guys, oops, in my business, the multifamily real estate business, um, the real estate is valued based on a multiple of the income. It's called the NOI, the net operating income. So the net income, the higher you can make that net income, the higher the value. And I, I'm sure you talk yep. about this on here, but I'll give you a great example of this. So we have a 296 unit asset in San Antonio and we numbered the parking spaces. Okay. We just painted the park, parking spaces. It didn't cost much of anything. And then we told the tenants, hey, if you want to reserve your own parking spot, you pay 25 bucks a month. We had a hundred of them take it. Okay. That alone was an $800,000 increase in value. Mm -hmm. That's why we love this business. And I had an asset in, uh, in, uh, Dayton, Ohio, a very wealthy suburb of Dayton, Ohio called um, Beaver Creek, 100 units. And it's a funny story. It was not funny, crazy story, actually. But three months after we bought it, it got destroyed by a tornado. And I mean destroyed. <laughs> All 101 families had to move. It was 101. And somebody almost, um, people, amazing, nobody died. Uh, some people got pretty seriously injured. They're okay. They had surgery, but uh, no kids got injured, thank God. But um, anyway, uh, in fact, I'll just digress for a minute. There was a woman that was taking her clothes. I got there the day after it happened. I flew in immediately. And there was a woman removing all her stuff because all the power was out and everything was ruined. Right. And she said that she was sleeping on the couch and her son was up in his bedroom. And the, uh, thank God for the early warning systems and all that stuff. And his phone had gone off. And by the time he woke her up, his bedroom was gone. Whoa. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but the, the, the reason I brought that up is we got a $650 rent increase when we rebuilt it. That was a $12 million increase in value on 101 units. Wow. Yeah. So that's why we love this business. See, with single family or even duplex, triplex, fourplex, you know, residential multifamily is two, two family, three family, four family. Anything five units or more is commercial valued based on the income. But, you know, residential duplex, triplex, fourplex is valued based on comparable sales. 
which you really don't have a lot of control over. So you can't ramp the value like you can in commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a common strategy in my space, it's called value add. You buy a value add deal, you act, you improve it and you raise the value and then you refinance it, give your investors your money back and everybody's happy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's been our goal. Um, you know, obviously we're still very early mm -hmm. in the, in the deals, but, uh, you know, the, the more I look at it and the more I just, you know, cause I came from the fix and flip space. Sure, so I'm used to sure. just fixing up junk and dealing with all the crap that we're talking sure, about. Sure, sure, Um, but the more that I just hang around people like you or Cardone, everyone mm -hmm. else, I'm like, yeah, I see why they like B and A, you know, in Cardone's case, he just wants ultra A. No, he, he, he wants A and, and, you know. I'm a little worried about his model. Love him. I haven't had him on my show three times. Funny, I laugh my ass off every time he comes on. But, you know, he's banking on rent appreciation. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to sustain through what's coming. I mm -hmm. think it could flatline and then his, the returns aren't going to be there with in, in, in ours. And I'm listening. He's smarter than I am. He's got his own jet and his own helicopter. So who knows? I, I could be <laughs> all wet, but, but, but you know, I like an asset where all I have to do is, is improve it to get it up to the rents that the other units, that other properties are selling, are, are renting for. Yeah. You don't that, need appreciation. I don't need appreciation. I don't need the rents to go up. Exactly. And so, but listen, he's going to, he's going to kill it on those deals. It just may take longer right. than he's anticipating. And he probably knows this, but, but, um, you know, his assets are gorgeous. I mean, they're yeah. spectacular. They're, they're A plus. Yeah, yeah. They're gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think it takes to, I guess, raise that kind of money, right? Because we, we've raised- It takes, it takes yeah. this. It takes your freaking podcast. You know, yeah. I, if I mention a deal on my podcast, our dance card fills up instantly, you know, because, you know, here's the thing. And I'm doing a course on raising money right now, actually. And so I'm investigating a lot and, and I've raised a lot of money. But the bottom line is in my business, and I tell my students this, I've got students that have award-winning podcasts. I've got students that have the highest number of meetups in the country. I've got students that have Facebook groups that are killing it, LinkedIn pages killing it, YouTube channels killing it. But here's the thing, and I just did a course on this too. It's called uh, uh, Crushing It in Social Media. You know, we live in the greatest time on earth, Ryan. I mean, look at us. We've got our incredible podcasts here. Mm -hmm. We, You know, it doesn't really cost us anything except the production cost to do it and millions of downloads. And I know mm -hmm. you've got them as well. And, 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 uh, I mean, we live in the greatest time of earth to, on earth to create reach with social media. I mean, I've got a Facebook group's got almost 50,000 members in it. it's the largest multifamily Facebook group. I mean, you know, so there's so many opportunities to create reach. And what I talk about in that crushing it in social media course, and I'm not telling you to go buy it because that, that's not it at all. But I'm t what I tell my students and tell people is if you want to create reach to raise money, just add value and be consistent. That's mm -hmm. it. And you don't need millions of, you know, tens yeah. of thousands of followers like you or I have. You know, you only need a couple hundred. And if they like you and you've added value to them, when you've got a deal, you can talk to them about it. Right. So that's it. And and so, you know, if you focus on adding value and creating, you know, and, and being consistent and, and it, listen, don't put crap out there. If you put crap out, you are crap. I heard that. That's a quote from somebody else. But, uh, you know, you've, you've got to put quality content out there. But like you and I, you know, when I was just getting rolling, I would just interview experts. And by, by virtue of, you know, doing that, you're perceived as an expert, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, you, it's kind of faking it till you make it. You're, <laughs> act, you're acting as if, you know? Right. So, you know, but, but there are a lot of strategies for raising money. But the bottom line is, um, 
you know, most of them are done one-on-one with personal relationships and personal interaction. You know, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult to try to advertise and, and, uh, and do it that way. But so you just, um, you were telling me you raised like 19 million for a recent yeah, just, deal. just finished a deal. How, how did you go about that from start to finish? So the viewers yeah, know. sure. So, so we, you know, we, uh, we did a, um, we did a webinar, uh, we put together a really nice PowerPoint presentation and, um, yeah, if you want to see an example of it, um, you can go to creecapital.com and, um, it's the San Antonio, I'm sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. It's the Nashville asset we just bought. Um, and so we, you know, the first thing you do is you create this beautiful deck, you know, that talks about the asset, talks about the deal particulars, the returns, uh, the, then of course the market and the sub market. And, um, you know, you make it really colorful. You have maps with logos of the local businesses. I mean, I don't buy a property unless it's got national retailers around it, Starbucks, Home Depot, Lowe's, stuff like that. And I don't want to see Bob's burgers and sushi. I want to see national retailers. Right. And so, but you, you, you put all that together and then you do a presentation, you talk about the deal, you use a, um, for a syndication, as you know, you use a portal to, to, uh, and I can give you the best one out there. Um, but you use a portal. Um, to, to have investors put their information in, um, now they, now to get a little into the weeds here, um, you can't advertise a deal unless it's a 506 C deal for accredited investors only, which is fantastic because when I first got started, you couldn't advertise period. They had, they didn't, they didn't, they, the Dodd Frank, yeah, no, you, you had, there was a three touch rule. You couldn't talk about a deal unless you touch somebody three times, phone calls, meetings, whatever. And now with Dodd Frank, they, they had the 506 C, which is fantastic. And now they even have reg plus a reg a plus, I'm sorry, which is what Grant does where he does a fund and he can take non accredited people in that fund even, you know, which is an advertise it, uh, which is very expensive to, to do, but you can do it. So anyway, um, you know, I talk about it on the podcast. I talk about it, uh, to my students. I, I talk about it at my boot camps, and, 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 yeah. and that's how I get people interested. And then I've got so a you're, team. You're purely going off of like social media, essentially. Yeah, that's it. To, to raise no advertise. I've never advertised and we've raised, I don't know how many, I, I would get, if I were to guess. Probably nine figures at this point. Oh yeah. 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 So, and that's nine figures raised, not, you know, raised. assets purchased. Right. You know, well, wait, cash I, nine figures. Is that, what is nine figures? Is that 10 million or a hundred million? million? No, no. I don't think it's been quite that much. It's close. Actually, you know what it might be actually. Yeah. I need to do the math on that. You got 500, could, you yeah, got 500 million of assets. Yeah. Yeah. It, it probably is. Yeah. 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 20%. I don't brag about that very much. <laughs> just so you know. And it's actually about 400 million just to be, okay. just to be precise. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So you... You strictly doing social media, which uh-huh. is just the same as grants. The same well, I had value, raised. man. I had yeah. I, I, my boot camp's forty seven freaking dollars. Okay, right. you know, and I don't sell anything, and that's the truth. Now, of right. course, if you want to look into my coaching, you can, and I just find whatever I give, I get back. Yeah, you're giving fold. a ton of value, that's and it. people will work with you one yeah, way or another. That's, absolutely, and, and that's yeah. the whole point. Like I mean, you do like the same podcast, thing. Yeah. Things like you know the the free planners and software. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no upsell to it. Right, it's just hey. If you like it, you'll probably like the other stuff we do. We're changing lives, man. And that's, it's a, I mean, uh, that's why I'm here away from my beautiful bride for three days. Cause I freaking love what I do. And that's why she puts up with it. I work Sunday sometimes. And you know, when, again, like I told you guys, when you love what you do, work is play and you never work another day in your life. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So what would you say, um, is the future for, you know, 2023. Like, I mean, we're talking about this recession getting nasty. I mean, I, what do you think I, happened with rates? What do you think's happening with all this? Oh, uh, rates going to continue to go up. 
And I will tell you something else. Elon Musk just was quoted. I mean, he's the richest guy in the world. So I got to kind of listen to what he says. And he just said that if they don't drop the rates immediately, it's going to really be ugly. And they're not dropping them. They're going to continue to go up. They've already said they were. They're going to continue to raise through 20. You really want to go down that rabbit hole? That's a political political rabbit hole, man. I mean, I, I, you know... I got to be careful because uh, I, I want to be careful. I mean, I'm very, I'm very strongly opinioned about what's happening in this country. I think this current administration, it's, it's almost like it's intentional. They're train wrecking this country. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, inflation is because they printed money for the last, you know, t- two or three years. And then this whole student loan thing to buy votes, uh, half a half a trillion. And they say it's going to be a trillion if it actually goes through, right. which is, just creates more inflation. The inflation, the rates isn't the isn't the solution the solution is is way i mean is is to is to minimize the liquidity you know they're doing that quantitative tightening instead of easing right so they're 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 minimizing the 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 money supply but they're you know that's what created it was you know pretending money is free and printing <laughs> it i'm worried about the value of the dollar honestly i'm in a lot of cash right now because and let me just say this I'm a real bear. I think it's going to be ugly, but I'm not saying that for you to be afraid. I'm saying that for you to be, to get freaking excited because there's going to be incredible opportunities. So how do you get ready for that? You get in as much cash as you can or realize this multifamily real estate in my case takes money, but it doesn't have to be your own money. And I'm sure you could say the same thing about single family. It's, it's, there's a lot of money looking for a home getting killed in the stock market. It's out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of money looking for a home. I mean, getting killed in the stock market. We won't even talk about crypto. Good God, what a debacle that is with FTX and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so, so, you know, it's looking for a home. So if you build relationships now, you learn this business. Here's what I want to say. Now is the time to get up to speed as fast as freaking possible. If you're going to buy businesses, go learn that. If you're going to do single family, you're with the right, you're in the right place for that. If you're going to do multifamily, get your ass to my boot camp, but don't wait. Get up to speed right now because if you're trying to learn it in the thick of it, it's going to be too late. Right. You've got to build relationships. You've got to know how to underwrite deals. You've got to, you know, stub your toe a few times and get up to speed. But man, you get up to speed, you could literally create legacy wealth for yourself, your kids, their kids, their kids, and their kids. Oh, That's I agree. what could happen. I, I agree 100%. I yeah. think that there's a lot of opportunity. You know, as I as I was telling you before, for me, looking at 2023 and all the opportunities, we're definitely going to be buying real estate. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be taking businesses that, you know, love it. Can't figure it out. Love it. Um, So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Now, granted, the transition's what's going to be hard. Oh, it'll be it'll be yeah. painful. The transition's I mean, the hard part. Yeah, it'll be painful holding the, the the stuff you buy together while you know while while you're transitioning. You're absolutely right. right. And, and and you buy businesses. You're going to have to, you know, I think it's incredible. They're going to be negative. Opp- they're going to be negative. You, you know, you need to bring them online as fast as possible. I think that's a great opportunity. You know, Ty Lopez does that. Yeah, you know, very successfully. Yeah, and so you know, there's going to be opportunity to do that and. And of course, in real estate, every aspect, every asset class, but I wouldn't do shopping centers right now with the Amazon dynamic. Definitely wouldn't do office. A lot of people are, a lot of businesses are, they're, they're remote. Is big right now. Warehouse is still good. Warehouse is good. Self-storage is good. Mobile home parks are good, but I wouldn't do office or retail right now. Um, multifamily so, is extraordinary. I mean, the reason I love multifamily is, you know, when COVID hit, Retail didn't get any money. Industrial didn't get any money. Office didn't get any money. Well, we got hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent relief on on our on some of our assets. Right. Um. And you know, back in the 08 and 09 crash, multifamily rents exceeded pre-crash levels 
in less than three years from the crash. Mm. That's how fast it rebounded. It just rebounded that yeah, quick. that's it. So what do you think, I guess, is is the reason for continuing to raise rates then? I want to hear because like oh, that's that's the only that's the only mechanism they have. That's yeah. all they can do, and so they they have no choice. There's right. nothing else except for the quantitative tightening. They're like like not buying the bonds anymore. Or some of these other strategies, I haven't got a clue how they work, but they 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 they're trying to minimize the the um, uh, supply of money. Um, but again, <laughs> and then, I mean, then they print you know this student loan. Th- don't get me started. I, I, it's yeah. it's like it's almost like it's intentional, but. Yeah. You know, I hope it's not because it's really nefarious if it is. But, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing um, <laughs> that Grant keeps implying every time we're around him. He's like, really? I don't, you know, to me, I don't see why you would keep doing it, you know, unless yeah. there's an agenda. Yeah, I think there's an agenda. But again, that's a rabbit hole that will probably piss off a few people. But uh, I, you know, if if you are. Yeah, I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk off camera. About yeah, okay. I, I enjoy I that. Care. I don't care if people get mad. No, I, I just try to get to all points of view for why to do this. Well, that's why I listen to Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan. I mean, yeah, Tim yeah. Ferriss is as liberal as it, as it gets. Joe hates Trump, but he's not a liberal. He's he's fairly conservative, I think. Uh, but um, hey, all you know, I'm trying to do is just make the best decision for me. That's it. And, that's it. And, and my students. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to guide my both students. Perspectives. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to know. Yeah, that's why, why I listen to both. Biden is doing what he's doing. Like, right. what is the plan? I want to know why. Well, first of all, I don't think he's doing any of it. Just well, yeah, FYI. Well, that, everyone yeah. would know that. Yeah, I, can, I think everyone agrees. Right, right. Biden's Please. not doing anything Please. on his yeah. own. Right. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting to see what's what's really going down. And I don't think anybody freaking knows. I mean, sure, there's a handful of people that know, but you you can't trust anything on the news right now. Even Fox, you know. I which, do like that Elon's brought Twitter to be Oh, like, me too, man. You know. Thank God. I hope he doesn't get killed. I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> I worry about him. I really do, man, because he's he's going head to head. Uh, in fact, he, he, even, he, even, he even mentioned it. He's like, I'm not suicidal. And I'm like, he said that. And, uh, and you know, I hope he's got a hell of a bodyguard team. But but yeah, it's like, and, and people are like, oh, I hate it that he's, he's owns it and stuff, but, but it's just free speech for God's sakes. You know why, you know, how can you argue against that? In my opinion, I don't know how you could argue against it if it's, if it's just free speech. Yeah. That's what this country's all about. Right. Yeah. I I did not realize when he bought this, that he was going to open up this giant rabbit hole. uh, Neither did I, but I thought he's just buying Twitter just because he's like, Oh, you know, it'll be a good deal. And then he's trying to back out. He's a, he's a smart guy. I actually, you know, there's that, uh, is it WeChat in China? Yep. I mean, they, they, you can pay for everything you it's, it's like, you can't live without it. It's a Exactly. It's a super app. I think he has designs for, for Twitter for that. And he's he's a smart guy. Did he say it? Okay. Yeah. He said it, you know, he's, he's bringing back vine to Twitter. Mm. So they're going to have their short form video. Mm. He wants, you know, messenger app. He wants all the things, Uber, everything on it. I would not bet against him. That's all (laughs) I can say. I'm, I, you know, I, um, I'm writing a chapter for a book, um, that I'm in. And one of the questions was who would you ha- love to have a meal with pastor president? It's definitely him. I mean, yeah. the guy's freaking off the hook. Brilliant. Yeah. When you're able to start, not just one massive three, company, $3 billion startups, brother, three, yeah. Yeah. A billion dollar plus startups and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and. Yeah. I don't it's want, crazy. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about Biden, not inviting him to the electric vehicle. Um, thing that they had, <laughs> like seriously, how petty is that? I mean, his his net his uh, uh, market share is bigger than all of them combined, and he didn't get invited, so it's kind of yeah. yeah. 
No, it just that, none of that show. stuff makes the mainstream news, though. That's what's crazy. Yeah. A lot of people probably just hearing that for the first time. If you're watching CNN, NBC, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, and uh, NBC, you know you're you're not going to hear a lot of the stuff. I would encourage you to watch both sides of the aisle. You know, suffer through Fox if you hate it, and 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 listen to both sides. That's how you really get educated. You can start to draw some conclusions. Um. But there's a there's a huge political influence, as as we all know, on not just media but social media as well. So mm -hmm. that's why Twitter is so yeah, exciting. And, and like I said, for me, I just want to know all the information yeah, to make the it. best decision that's it. for me. That's it. I, I don't I, care I, if somebody has favor or it's rigged right, or anything. Right. I just want to know. Right. <laughs> and and I feel exactly the same way. And you know, my wife is black and she is a staunch conservative. I mean, big time. In fact, she was, uh, we were down at, uh, so, uh, so she a big fan of, uh, Candace Owens. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, but Trump really, she's a big fan of Trump. We were okay. down, we were down on Lincoln road in South beach and we had a couple drinks and uh, I've never said this publicly, but I'll screw it. And, and, uh, and she sees a guy with a Trump hat and he was videoing. She's like, yay, Trump. She'd had a couple of drinks and he interviewed her uh -huh. and it went viral on TikTok because she talked <laughs> about how she loved that Trump is against sexual trafficking, you know, human trafficking. And um, and she's beautiful. So obviously that didn't help, but it went viral. It had like two and a half million views. And then That's they took funny. it down. Then they took it down. And all she did was say she loved Trump and she hated, she loved that he was against human trafficking. Why would that be censored? Help me understand that. Yeah. It makes oh, no TikTok sense. TikTok took it down. Yeah, TikTok <laughs> took it down. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. Well, TikTok's got its own agenda. Yeah. That, well, yeah. That's yeah. Totally yeah that's a whole nother rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole, yeah. There, that's a whole nother one there with the Chinese. Uh, yeah. Wow. But uh, what are you seeing with um, like development, and everything? So, like, mm -hmm. I, I'll give you an example. My one of my friends is one of the biggest, he actually is the biggest developer in Vegas. And wow. so they build all of the massive A plus multifamily. Nice. Like, Nine figure deals. Nice. And so he raises hundreds of millions a year. Hmm. And, you know, he raises it from Wall Street, right? That's how he does That's it. That's how he does it. Okay. Yep. And, you know, it got me thinking too. I'm like, dang, dude, like, okay, social media, definitely great for what you and I are doing. What Grant's Smaller doing. stuff, 50, 60 yeah. million tops. And he yeah. was telling me, he goes, dude, I mean, they won't even look at your deals. It's too small. Right. Right. And I'm thinking, but man. you're going to pay a pretty good percentage. So the numbers really have to pencil out. But listen, I'm, I'm tracking you and I'm thinking about it myself is to, is to get in with a, you know, with a wall street house to raise, you know, hundreds of millions. Cause I will tell you, you know, it's, it beats the hell out of the stock market. It's secured by real estate. It beats, you know, they're putting, looking for investment. Oh, I know they are. Yeah. And now, and, and I'm going to tell you in the current economic environment that we're in, raising money for development is much, much harder than an existing asset. Which he's saying. Yeah. And he's so it's very hard. Right. Right. Now. Right, right. So, um, but you know, you know it's kind of dumb because this would be the time to develop. I don't, I don't disagree at all. I don't disagree. <laughs> but, but, you know, investors, I will tell you though, in 08 and 09, it's those developers that were midstream that, that, that died first. Yeah. They got killed. Okay. And, and so, you know, you'd see all these half built developments. But I'm saying like, if you were to go get funding on a project today, mm -hmm. knowing we're already in a recession right? and, you know, we're going to continue to go through it. So it's right. like, it's already priced in right. to what you're doing and knowing that for the next say, year to say it's going to take your development two years to get done. Right. right. Um, if we are in a recession, you're going to get cheaper labor, cheaper materials. Everything's on sale. You're going to come out of the recession two years from now. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Damn. And 
like to me, it seems like if you could get development approved right now, this very moment, that is a extremely safe play. I don't disagree. If you can raise the money. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the caveat. And so, yeah, and that is the big one. Uh, cause I'm going to tell you, Ryan, uh, it, finding the deals is what was hard these last few years. Now it's going to be the money. It's going to be the money, both debt and equity. Right. You know, we're looking at an assumption right now. Um, and that, cause you know, you can still assume loans and, uh, you have, have to raise the capital, but, um, you know, it's, it's going to be raising the money. That's the challenge. And, you know, here's, and here's the thing again, that I want to, those of you listening, I want to caveat is exciting stuff is coming. You know, Warren Buffett's famous quote, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful. Okay. It's been a lot of greed these last couple of years. A lot of questionable deals were done. Deals that were done with operators that, that were brand new to the space have never gone through a contraction and they could have their butts handed to them. But again, be greedy when others are fearful and fear is coming. You know, there's a ton of layoffs happening right now. Facebook laid off 11,000 or 10,000. Amazon. Amazon, 10, Amazon. Can you believe that? You know, Most that's shocking. That was shocking to me. <laughs> right. And they laid off 10, 11,000 people. And, you know, all of the tech companies are laying off. Um, uh, all uh, Big car manufacturers are laying off. So there's a, you know, uh, there's gonna, there are a lot of layoffs happening. And, and I think there's going to be a lot more. And so- you know, certainly uh, a lot of the big banks are as well. They're mortgage departments because real estate's slowed way down. You know, it's cost double to buy what you could have bought a year ago, you know, in the single family space. And, and commercial has gone up too. Our, we bought an asset um, a year ago. It was 3.2% interest. This last one, Nashville, was 54 Mm-hmm. That's a significant increase. I mean, yeah. and when you're talking about a multi-million dollar asset, that is a big deal. And so, you know, a lot of these deals that were done the last couple of years were done with bridge debt, you know, which is like the hard money lender equivalent mm-hmm. in the single family space. But that's what bridge lenders are. And, you know, for the most part, now there's some national, big national billion dollar companies, but, but still it's, it's very onerous debt. It's adjustable rate mortgages. It's short term, typically three years, sometimes three, one, one, where you can get five years, but but even, and, and you had to buy this last year, you had to buy rate caps prior to that. There weren't even rate caps. We were looking at an asset in San Antonio that the guy, his reserves with his bridge lender went from 8,000 to 80,000 a month. Whoa. Yeah. And we, we didn't, unfortunately couldn't buy the deal. It didn't make sense for us, but there's going to be a lot of that. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity, even if it's my, a milder recession, those deals are still in big trouble. There's about, I think there's about I don't know, 60 billion or something in those that are maturing that they don't think are going to be able to refinance. Because, you know, when you buy an asset like that, a big asset, you've got to take a look at what your liquidation event's going to be. You know, are you going to sell it or are you going to refinance it in right. four or five years? What's the interest rate at that point if you're going to refinance it? Because you've got to you've got to meet debt service coverage requirements. So the debt, you know, the property's ability to service the debt. Or what's the cap rates? Are you going to be able to sell it? Mm-hmm. Let me give you the definition of a bad day. You do a short-term loan right now and you've got a nice cash flowing asset and you can't, the value is not there. So you can't refinance it or sell it. That's a bad day. Right. right? And so I think there's going to be quite a bit of that as well. Um, people that have to sell, not people that want to sell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, it's opportunity. That's what do you think about, um, you, you know, you see these companies, I think it was JP Morgan saying, we're going to buy a, a billion dollars of single family in, in 2023. What do you Did they those? say that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that model, you know, God, I could have done that back in 08 and 09. It just, you know, I was hiding under a rock at the time and I wish I wasn't because 
you know, you're licking your wounds. Yeah, that was, man. I totally was. And there were a lot of big players that BlackRock came into the picture there. Fortress came in. They bought thousands and thousands in Vegas, in California, the places that got hit really the hardest, like Vegas and California and Florida, they bought thousands and thousands of homes. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's now a proven model. So, you know, hey, they're looking for returns just like everybody else is. And they know that if they can buy houses at cents on the dollar and rent them out, the returns are there. They've got to, they've got to meet, you know, they've got to keep, they keep the money moving. They've got to keep that money moving and they've got to get the returns for their investors. So, you know, you want to go conspiracy, you know, BlackRock owns the largest everything. share. They own everything. <laughs> Pfizer, Moderna, all the media companies, including Fox, all of them. And, uh, and so, yeah, you want to go conspiracy, but uh, yeah, I was reading a thing the other day. It was like, I don't remember the exact details of it, but it was something like BlackRock manages like $17 trillion worth of things. And I was like, there's $17 trillion worth of stuff in the world. That's right. a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, And these guys have their hands in all of it. So yeah, they have some incredible power, incredible control. And and, you know, again, you want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, you know, that'd be a place to look. <laughs> BlackRock. Yeah. yeah. Well, these Vanguard, these huge, giant organizations that have so much power. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, everyone listening to this is probably like, dang, dude, this is scary. No, do do? no, don't, don't, please. That's not what I want. Get freaking excited, man. Get yeah. excited. Again, you don't need your own money. You got to have money, but you can raise the money. So that's why you got to get up to speed as fast as possible. You got to get good at finding deals. That's it. You, well, you got to get good at building relationships, finding deals mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and um, so get up to speed now. Don't freaking be here two years well, from now and, saying, and I wish I'd have listened to them when they talked about this. Well, and the beauty about now versus, you know, 12 years ago when right. we were talking, 14 years ago, is that today, right? 12, it's a completely years, different environment. Completely well, it's, different. It's a completely different environment. And connecting with people is way easier. Tons easier. Like they can go to me, they can go to you. Yeah. Well, like, they can add value as well much easier, even if it's on a smaller scale. And so- you know, and or build relationships. Start your own meetup group. It's, it's, I don't care if it's five people when you meet at first. So start talking shop, and more people will yeah, come and bring that, in. That didn't exist, bring in, right? Fifteen years ago, exactly. And so, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I. Uh, and by the way, I hope you'll check out my podcast. It's also on yeah, RodsLinks.com. It's called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. It's the largest commercial real estate podcast in the world. I'm blessed to say it's not ego; it's just truth. Um, and. Uh, um, but it, it, let me mention one other thing. Um, I do a clip every week called Own Your Power. It's motivational. It's five minutes. I play his music with it. You give me five minutes a week, I'll juice your ass. So if you want, <laughs> even if you're not interested in multifamily, I think you'll enjoy it for that. But um, why did I bring that up? Uh, I get people hyped up because oh, they're you, scared. Well, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. As a you're you're a leader. You wouldn't be here if you weren't a leader. And as a leader, you gotta you gotta pay attention to your focus. So l- bring in my stuff or go to YouTube and watch motivational videos and whatever you gotta do to keep out the noise and the crap so you can focus on and get clear get, get very clear on your goals, get very clear on what you want. That's what you focus. Get pictures around you. I've got pictures on my walls of the things that I want now. I've got my vision boards, I've got them in my exercise room. You know, put that stuff around you um, and uh, and that's that's and, and manage your focus, because if you can 
avoid the fear and get, in fact, operate in gratitude, operate in freaking gratitude. You cannot be grateful and fearful at the same time. You mm. can't be grateful and angry at the same time. Gratitude's the most powerful emotion we have. Use it. It, it strengthens your heart. It lowers your blood pressure. It brings you closer to your spirituality. Use gratitude to get these things in your life. And you can do it through prayer. You can do it through, you know, visualizing like I do. Um, and, uh, it's incredibly powerful. Let me share one story if I could. Yeah. It's, it's along those same lines. So I told you about that house I built on the beach. I mean, this place was spectacular. 10,000 square feet, three-story, um, big spiral staircase up through the middle, uh, um, uh, elevator, wine cellar. Again, I owned the beach on one side. I had my boat lifts on the backside. It was a Gulf to Bay, sliced through an island. Um, and... Um, I'll land the plane. Oh, giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. <laughs> I mean, you had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool. I had pools in magazines. And you built this? I built it, yeah. Wow. And uh, and I had like $50,000 with the trees that went out over the pool that bent out <laughs> over the... I mean, the place was magnificent. Was in fact, on the second floor, I had aquariums built around the aquarium that cost... I mean, around the staircase that cost me almost 200 grand. So this gives you an idea of the house. <laughs> so I worked for this thing for 20 freaking years. Okay? True story. Two months after I moved in, so 20 years, two months, two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night and I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was to prove the world I was good enough. True story. And, and I got depressed mm -hmm. and I don't mean a little depressed. I mean, I got really depressed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success. I mean, I had the Maserati in the garage. I had two Mercedes. I had the boats, the jet skis, beautiful family inside sleeping. How could I possibly be depressed? What I realized is there were three things going on. First thing is don't achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. You know, like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future, which is why the goals are so important. And those, you, you need to do goals two or three times a year minimum to, because they'll evolve. My goals are much different than they were when I started. So right. that's number one. Number two is it's never about the goals, okay? You need them to create that burning desire to push through fears and push through limiting beliefs and to get uncomfortable. But it's really about who you become on your path to the goals. Happiness comes from progress and growth. Mm. It doesn't matter how much progress or growth you have. If you celebrate what you did the previous week, you're happy. And by the way, if you do my goal setting workshop on rodslinks.com, uh, at the end of that, I do a 15 minute weekly planning process. That I'm really proud of. It's how I manage two large companies at the same time. And one of the pieces is to celebrate what you did the previous week, you know, consciously pat yourself on the back. Cause if you're celebrating your progress, you're going to have delays. You're going to have setbacks, but if you're celebrating your progress, you're happy. Okay. Because ha happiness comes from progress and growth. So that's, that's the second thing that was going on. But the third thing that was going on, the big one was I was totally focused on Rod. Show the world I'm good enough. Show the world I matter. Rod, 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 blah, blah. Anyway. So that's the year I met Tony Robbins. Cause I went and bought some books. You know, I'm not going to, I, at the time I didn't believe in counseling and I wasn't going to go lay on a couch. And so I bought some books and now I do believe in it by the way, but, <clears throat> but at the time I bought some books and one of them was Tony's book. I mean, I got a lot of sales leaders back there and Tom Hopkins and people like that, people that you would equate to Grant Cardone right now. And I read Tony's book. I'm like, man, I really like this. So I went and saw him live in Fort Lauderdale. This is 22 years ago. And I saw that he fed families for the holidays. Yeah. And I'm like, what a concept, you know, do something for someone else. I'm embarrassed to say that I had to be 40 to get that memo. But I went back home and I called my brother in Denver and I said, bro, let's feed five families. I'm because I was going to go see him for Thanksgiving. 
And so he caught, he went to his church, found five families that really needed help. We had a lot of fun. We bought frozen turkeys. We bought food for the ki- toys for the kids and food and everything else. Third family changed my life. We go up to this row house. It's like a fourplex shitty one bedrooms because you got to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which had the bathroom office. There wasn't even really a one bedroom. There's a woman in there with five kids. So she's come out. She sees all the stuff on the porch and the toys and the frozen turkey and everything. She starts crying and her kids come out Two of the older ones start crying. I start crying and I'm freaking hooked. And I'm blessed to say in the last 22 years, we've fed over 130,000 kids in Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local kids that don't even have the basics. We just did 1,800 a couple months ago. Mm. Um, We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for officers to keep in their vehicles in case they encounter a child that's been traumatized, they can comfort the child. And I don't say this to brag either, but I know if you're listening and you've got a lot of listeners that are young, they got blood dripping from their teeth, they want this so freaking bad. If that's you, listen up. Okay, you might say to yourself, yeah, you had money, so you did it when you have money. No, find a way to give back right now. Mm-hmm. And and see, Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. Achievement's a science. You want to learn multifamily, get your butt to my boot camp. You want to learn single family, you know, you're in the right place for that. But it, it's a science. There's no there's no secrets. I mean, it, it, there's a blueprint or a map. You come, I'll give you the blueprint or map. You've just, just like you would, and and you just got to go do it. Right? You got to right. take action. But fulfillment is an art. Okay. You've got to figure out what juices you. For me, it's kids. Maybe for you, it's the elderly or animals or the environment. And you give back right now. Don't say, I'll do it when I have money. Do it right now because the money will come faster. (laughs) That's how God works, right? You know, whatever you give, you get back. And so, you know, um, we've been taught to achieve to be happy, right? Like we can't be happy until we've achieved. That's kind of a U.S. thing. I'm going to tell you, and this is a play on words, but it's an important one. If you give back right now, you're happily achieving. Mm. And, you know, I interview people on my show that are extremely wealthy, gazillionaires. And and I can tell if they were like I was before I had that epiphany back in when I was 40. And I feel sad for them. They may have a lot of money, but they're not truly successful. Right. They're, not, they're not fulfilled. Yep. And so if you're listening and you don't have any money, go give of your time. Just do something to give back. I gave the guy in the bathroom on the way here a hundred bucks today. And it made me feel fantastic. They, just the guy in there didn't expect it, folded it up. So he didn't know what it was. And I gave it to him. I didn't want to be there when he opened it. But that's how you get everything you want in life, man. Because, and, and, and you're operating in a fulfilled, beautiful way. And success is inevitable, frankly, because power moves to those who serve, right? Mm, so I mean, look good, at dude. you, man. So good, dude. Thank you, I brother. I love that, man. Thank you. Well, bro, I appreciate you coming out to Vegas. It's been great to finally meet you. And Likewise, I'm man. I'm excited for things we'll be able to do in the future. Bro. I agree. So, guys, go check out Rob's links. Um, Rod's, Rod's, links. Rod's links, yeah. Rod's links, and uh, we'll link to it down below. And, uh, dude, thanks for coming. Thank you, brother. Great all to right. meet you. We'll see you guys. Take care. Thanks for watching all the way through on this podcast. It means a lot to me. I've also done another interview that I think is going to be super helpful for you. So, make sure you watch this one now coming up next.